Welcome to Let's Not Do That, a podcast about microaggressions on college campuses and their effects on students of color and LGBTQ students. I am Tracy fernandez Rashavi. I'm a lecturer at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay in Women's and Gender Studies, Literature, and Creative Writing, and... I'm Nate Ireland. I am a student of UW-Green Bay, and I am uh, majoring in Digital Arts. So since microaggressions are at the center of our podcast, we wanted to take some time to do this short episode to tell you what is a microaggression, because if you don't know what one is, it's not going to be very informative for you. So Nate, what is a microaggression? You went and researched this. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Professor Daryl Wing Sue is a professor of counseling psychology at Columbia University. He's kind of like the, the pioneering researcher on this whole idea of microaggressions, um, and he defines it as a brief and commonplace daily verbal, behavioral, and environmental indignity, whether intentional or unintentional, that communicates a hostile, derogatory, or negative racial, gender, sexual orientation, or religious slight, an insult to the target person or group. Right. So these are not, you know, because they're micro, they're not huge necessarily. And so some people are tempted to dismiss them. You know, according to Chester Pierce, who coined the term microaggressions, he said that most offensive actions are not gross and crippling, but rather they are subtle and stunning. But I think where the effect comes in is when you just keep getting them piled on you, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not like a malicious thing. People don't usually do them on purpose. It kind of comes from a place of like, Usually, backhanded interest, like yeah. you're you're making like a like a comment about somebody, yeah. and it, it it can come across as very offensive according to to their identity. Right, right. Or 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 sometimes they're not great. Like I remember when I got into I I got into AmeriCorps and some friends of our my parents their daughter didn't, and they just said, oh, it's because she's Latina. Right. You know, and that's a microaggression, saying mm-hmm. that I only got in because I was affirmative action to in. You know, that's something that students of color, I yeah. think, hear a lot. So it, it's, it's, but I don't think they meant it to be super offensive. They, you just don't realize what that feels like when that is something you hear again and again. Mm-hmm. Like a person of privilege, they, they usually have it ingrained within their psyche. Yeah, yeah, and may not realize it. So um, for all of you out there who work with students or are students at, at a university, um, I've read this literature review. I kind of cheated with the research, and I read a literature <laughs> review that had a bunch of studies about the effects of microaggressions on college students. And this literature review was on racial microaggressions. But um, it's by Jeremy Franklin from the University of Utah, and he said that people of color are physically and emotionally spent. Rather than focusing on academics, students of color may have to divert their energy to cope with the stress responses caused by racial microaggressions. So basically what he's saying is that students are sort of bracing themselves for these mm-hmm. everyday microaggressions that they it, it's caused trauma. And so they're not focusing on on academics necessarily. They're, they're coming into class bracing themselves right. for this kind of interaction. And I would say that that is probably a more common problem at a predominantly white institution like ours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, having to focus on on worrying about whether or not people will slight you, mm-hmm. then then your studies it makes people feel unwelcome and it makes them not feel like they belong. You know, right, right, exactly. Um, another part of that literature review was was talking about the types of microaggressions, and it said that you know. St- that students may feel that staff, other students, faculty, administrators will characterize them historically or have historically characterized students of color as, quote, 
academically inferior, lazy, illegal, athletes, exotic, criminals or predators, affirmative action beneficiaries, beneficiaries, I can talk today, um, and unwilling or unable to fit into the dominant white campus culture. So all of these things coming at you in different angles and different people um, and just bracing yourself for all of that. It's kind of right. like a, a barrage in oh, a way. Yeah. There's so many ways that someone could direct a microaggression at you. Absolutely. And it's incredibly, I could Im imagine it's incredibly like daunting, you know, mm -hmm. um, to have to worry about like not fitting in, to mm -hmm. have to worry about people judging you, to have to worry about people having a prejudice against you, you know, and right. then those comments coming at you constantly, mm -hmm. it, it piles up. It piles up. It's like a drip of water. You know, one drip of water isn't going to do anything, but then you have a drip of water in the same place over and over and over, you're going to get a canyon. Mm -hmm. But I think it can feel really awful yeah, when you get that all the time. So, and we had no problem finding people to say, yes, I have experienced microaggressions mm -hmm. on campus. And it seems to make people feel less at home. Oh yeah. Like their campus, we hear administrators talking about the campus being your campus home. And I think when you're subjected to this, it does not feel like campus home. Right. It's like you're in fight or flight mode all the time, I suppose. Absolutely. So, so that is why we wanted to do this podcast. We wanted to give faculty and staff uh, some resources, you know, let them hear student voices. So we're going to be having a different student co-host every episode to talk about a specific kind of microaggression that they've experienced on campus and maybe what they wish faculty and staff had done mm -hmm. or peers had done to step in and to help um, and to be a good ally. So, Nate, what are some examples of microaggressions? What are some of the things we're going to be tackling in future episodes? Yeah, so um, one of the topics is professors choosing to only assign textbooks by, like, white authors. Right. Um, so refusing to, to assign textbooks, like, choosing them based off of race, So that, which yeah. is, that is entirely, you know, that's a racist thing to oh. do. So um, so there's that. Okay. There or, is... or maybe not, you know, not thinking about it and they just happen to pick all white textbooks because right. they had all white textbooks in school. Right. Um, there's also the, the topic of um, a person of color or like a person of a, uh, a specific race being expected to speak for their, their entire community. I've had so many students tell, of color tell me that and they, it's so uncomfortable and it's like, I don't know every Latinx person in the universe. I cannot speak for all of them, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so just yeah. kind of being... being uh, Sensitive. Yeah, being sensitive. Uh, like, generalizing them, making yeah. a hasty generalization towards yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. And I think that can go for LGBTQ students, too. If, you oh, know, absolutely. If there's a student who's out and you're like, hey, can you speak to the entire for the entire LGBTQ you're community? You're like, yes, let me just do that. Let me yeah. speak for, you know, several million people for you right Right, here. Yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> like, not possible. Mm -hmm. um, also, people making comments saying things like, oh, well, I don't think of you as a black person or like you don't look like you're of Latinx origin, you know. like right. Right. I get that a lot, actually, because I'm mixed. And so right. my, my face, I like to say code switches. If I'm in a room with a bunch of Latinx people, I will blend. But if I'm in a room with a bunch of white people, I will also blend. Right. And I get that. And I borrowed my friend Caridad's um, come back to that, which is basically like, oh, that's because I left my fruit hat at home. Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. I know. <laughs> 